0: You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, this is Bernadette Jansen, and this episode of She Renovates is entitled How to Hold Your Own When Working With Tradies. So I was on site about two weeks ago, and a guy turned up and he walked past me and also the site manager, who happened to be a female, and went off and Started asking the painter for directions on his job, and I thought, Oh my gosh, we've come such a long way, and yet, still, it is assumed that if there's a woman on site, that she could not possibly know what she's doing or talking about. And so, I thought, You know what, it's high time to talk about this. So, here we are. And before I move in into the topic, I want to just share another story that um, was really my Initiation into renovating, and it was a baptism of fire. So, this was you know three decades ago when Stephen, my husband, and I had just started down the path of renovating, and we were renovating our own home. We're doing a big addition to it, so it was about 120 square meters, and using a traditional method of footing. So, most people would pour a slab, we decided to do it the same way as the house was built which was to pour strip footings and have a timber floor that went onto those. And so when we were getting the quotes in, because it's not a typical form of construction, they were really expensive and way out of our budget. So we decided to go directly to the earth moving company and hire the backhoe and truck on an hourly rate with the drivers and do the excavation ourselves. And when I say ourselves, Stephen had a full-time job, so I was the person that was on site every day. Plus, I had at least one baby on my hip, I can't remember now. And so, we were able to do that because Stephen had a builder's license, but we had to promise that there would be someone on site that was capable of supervising them. They wouldn't take any responsibility for With the actual- um team. He was absolutely furious that he was going to be directed by a woman. and I don't think it was because I was a woman, but I think it was because he assumed that I didn't know what I was doing. And he was probably right. But that's okay. He wouldn't look me in the eye. He was just so angry. But that's okay. We moved on and we got going. And so... So basically what he would do was dig the footing and I would check it with the dumping level to see if it was deep enough and I'd either say, no, you need to go down further or no, it's fine. And so a few times I got it a bit mixed up because this converting it, turning it upside down got me really... Confused. And so sometimes I'd say to him, Oh, no, you need to go down further. And he'd look at me like, Really? And then I'd realize I'd made a mistake. I didn't tell him that. I just thought, you know what, a bit more concrete, doesn't really matter. And so, but as the day went on, I became more and more competent and he became more and more friendly. And by the end of the day, we were best mates. And and I, I guess I think the point I want to make is sometimes when it's hard for women to get on with trades, it's not because necessarily because you're a woman. It's because it's hard to work with someone that's not competent and doesn't know what they're doing. And so sometimes they are just arrogant so-and-sos, and that's fine. You choose not to work with those, but you really do need to work well with tradesmen because they are your ticket to the results that you want. And so that's what this episode is about. I'm going to give you some really practical tips If you you feel daunted by the prospect of working in a very male-dominated industry, that will help you. Now the first one is to work on your mindset. It's a bit like the carpet layer turning up and assuming that the manager would be male. We need to not assume that we're going to get a hard time from the trades. So be positive about working with your trades and when you're communicating with them and The other thing is to work on your confidence. So often we undermine ourselves because we lack confidence and we sound like bumbling idiots. But really what all there is to do is to really just tell yourself that you can do this, you are competent, and even if you're not, your skills will grow. And that is the first step to actually, you know, being able to have a good relationship with your tradesman. So the second step is to have a process for selecting trades and getting quotes. I cannot stress this enough. This is such an important part of the renovation journey. And so when I say have a process, so you have a process for actually seeking the information, I will do a full episode on this at some stage, but basically making sure that you've got well-resolved scopes of work For those of you who don't know what a scope of work is, it's sort of a wish list of things that you want the trades to do. And in those um, scopes of work, you set down the rules for working on your site. So basically, you're making sure that they do good work that meets the national construction codes. They meet with the work health and safety laws, that they're properly insured and they're properly licensed. And also that they all quote on the same list of work. So when you are getting quotes, you're comparing apples with apples. But I guess the most important part of the process is firstly, letting them know that you're getting multiple quotes and that your quoting process is very professional. And so they know that you're not going to have the wool pulled over your eyes. You're really um, quite switched on with how you're doing this and also making sure that you do adequate reference checks. One thing I would say is you're in the fortunate position that you don't have to work with people you don't like. So in your tendering process, you get the opportunity to weed out the people that have attitude issues or you just don't like working with them, then you don't have to, so weed them out straight away. Occasionally, you'll have a trade quoting on a job and they'll be huffing and puffing. And um, I think the word is catastrophizing and it drives me crazy because you know that you're being conditioned for a, you know, a fat quote, basically. So these days, I don't let that go. I actually say something because it's wasting both our time. So I'll normally say to them, I'm clear about the scope of the work. If it's beyond you, just leave it. Otherwise you're wasting both our times and you'll find you'll have one or two things. They'll get shirty and leave, or they'll pull their heads in and and get on with the job. So my next point is to be as organized as possible, super organized, and your trades will love you for it. So this relates to every aspect of the renovation from the planning stage to the tendering stage, in terms of your documentation and your process, to awarding the contracts, so making sure everything's in writing and it's really clear and easy to understand, to the program or you know the scheduling of the works and ordering of materials and so on. Coordinating the trade so they're not working on top of one another, All these things make for a good working relationship. So, you know, for example, if you bring your tradesman in too early, say you, you know, bring your plumber in for second fix before the project is completely ready, then you're just wasting their time. And so getting a grip of the program and being organised and efficient will save them time and it will save you angst and it will preserve your relationship because no tradesman wants to charge a variation. Well, I'm sure some do, but in those situations, they don't want to be charging you, but they also don't want to be standing around doing nothing when they could have been on another job just because you weren't organized enough to keep. So the other thing is that you need to be efficient at making decisions. The trades will ask you to make a lot of decisions like every day, there will be a lot of decisions to make. And if you're not able to make them in a timely manner, it just really messes up the whole process. So if you're struggling with making the decisions, then get some help. So you might need a a colour consultant, a designer, a building designer, or you might even need an architect, but someone to help you with making those decisions so you're not holding the whole process up while you're labouring over sample pots or whatever. So the next uh, point is to learn the lingo. So trades have their own lingo and obviously you'll start out green, but you'll build on your vocabulary as you go. And uh, my suggestion is make an effort to learn quickly because that will certainly help you, you know, in that relationship. You know, some examples are instead of saying flat, like a wall is flat, they would say it's flush. Instead of saying a PowerPoint, they would call it a GPO, a General Purpose Outlet. And they won't measure in centimetres, they'll measure in millimetres. So a wall won't be 2.7 metres high, it will be 2,700 millimetres. It's a really little thing, but it's like when you join any community, you learn the language of the community so that you belong. And my last point, is to look after your trades. So a competent, reliable trade team is your ticket to success. So you want to make sure that they're happy to come to your projects, And the way you do that is by looking after them. And 101 is pay them on time. So don't have them string them out for payment. Uh, As soon as the job is completed to a satisfactory level, Um, you need to pay your trades in line with the terms of the contract. So obviously picking up the occasional coffee on the way to site is a great idea. Generally speaking, the trades look after themselves in terms of food and drink, but it's a good idea to have some bottles of water on site for anyone that does turn up. When it's a stinking hot day, they'll go through lots of it. So it's just nice to, I guess, uh, be a bit hospitable. I think that's the word. And the last thing is to lend a hand when it's needed. So particularly, you know, if you've got guys or trades working solo, often sometimes jobs are hard to do with just one person. And if they don't have a, an apprentice or a labourer, you know, for instance, we have a plumber who's a, a one man show. Um, installing a vanity single-handed can sometimes be challenging because they're a bulky piece of equipment. And I will always say when you're putting that in, I'll make sure I'm here to give you a hand. It's not hard and it just makes a big difference. Okay, so love to hear what your tips are on working with trades. Uh, but that's it for this episode. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be publishing a mini podcast series. So it's called 14 days to a new bathroom and what it will be 14 short episodes on the different aspects of renovating a bathroom from the beginning, the concept, the planning stage, uh, going through your material selections, working with trades, and then the execution of the renovation. So if you have a bathroom renovation in your plan for 2019, this will be a good one for you. So keep an eye out for it. And then lastly, I want to ask you a favour. So if you've been enjoying this podcast, what I'd love you to do is to go over to iTunes and leave a review so that we can spread the word and share the love. And for that, I would be very grateful. So that's it for today. Thank you. And I'll see you same place next week. So we're running a competition to celebrate the launch of the podcast She Renovates. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to go over to iTunes and leave a review. Now, the first 10... Listeners that go over to iTunes and leave us a review uh, will be eligible for a free copy of the book, The Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed. I think the recommended retail price of that is $29.99. It's actually not been launched yet, so it's a pre launch copy. And if you don't happen to be in that first 10, then the next 10 will receive one for the cost of the postage. Now, if you'd like to know the details of this competition, you will find them in our show notes. So just to recap, the first 10 people to leave us a review in iTunes will receive a free copy of the new Secrets of Property Millionaires Exposed in which I'm featured. And then the next 10 will receive one for the cost of the postage. Good luck.